Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Traders, Akil Stokes here, and welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast, episode 100. I know, I know, I can't believe we're at the 100th episode already. It seems like we just started, but I guess when you're releasing three episodes a week and you're having a massive amount of fun doing it, time really does fly. Today, I'm going to share with you a very special episode called I Got Lucky on Purpose. It It's really an in-depth look at my journey from um, really struggling student to uh, successful entrepreneur and business owner and trader. Um, But I want to first start off by saying thank you, guys. Uh, Thank you for allowing me to get to episode 100. For you guys that have been with me from episode 000, for you guys that have been with me from years ago, just in the trading side of things that really convinced me and pushed me to do this podcast, this was something that... I never thought I would do. I never expected to do. I never really wanted to do it. And then when I did it, I just fell in love with it. It's it's great. So keep it up. The feedback, the shares, the reviews. It's just been so positive. And you know, I know I'm helping you guys out by allowing you to stay motivated and inspired. But it really helps me out as well. Gives me a chance to reflect and and really think about topics and dig deeper into topics that I never thought I would have. And and just allows me to grow as a human being. So. The reason I wanted to kind of, you know, go backwards a little bit for this very special episode, episode 100, if I haven't mentioned that this was episode 100, 100. Um, one of the reasons I want to go back is because we, we just recently finished up a massive three-day online trading event called Trade to Measure, right? And this event was a little bit different than events in the past. First and foremost, it was an amazing event. I'm completely dead. I'm literally rubbing coffee grounds into my pores to try and stay awake right now. But I've been doing this for what, the last six, seven years, and this was by far the best trading event that we have done. And by the way, if you haven't seen it, make sure you check out the recordings. I'll put a link in the show notes below, but you can uh, you wanna do that right away because they're not gonna be up for a very long time, probably only a few days. But in this trading event, instead of uh, picking the agenda and and really working through some training material in the way that I wanted to, we did something a little bit differently. Um, My partners and I, we got together, we said, this time we want you guys to plan the show. And we asked each and every trader that signed up to submit a question about what they want to learn about. And we were going to base and mold and fit the training around that. And well, we've had over 2,000 people register. We've had over 1,000 questions. And over the last three days, over the last nine hours of presenting, we answered every single one of them. 
However, something that I didn't get into was telling you guys about my story. And, you know, I got to stop sometimes. I assume that all of you guys know everything about me because I've been doing this for so long. But I got to keep remembering that we're getting new and newer and newer traders, newer and newer listeners each and every day. And many of you just, you don't know me. You see me as this successful individual and maybe you think, hey, I just popped out the womb and was successful. And you don't really know the the trials and tribulations that it took for me to get to this point. And this is exactly what this speech shares. This speech is to a group of college students. It's part of the Deliberate Success Series, which is, I've got a buddy named Bob Vasile. He's a TED Talk organizer. He he has this, 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 really this program called Deliberate Success, which is make intentionally making you successful and, and training your brain to think that way. And um, he brought me in to speak and the speech shares with you my journey again from struggling student to college student being lost to um, college graduate making a lot of money but not really having any direction to going to rock bottom to finding massive t- uh, success to returning to rock bottom and, and so forth. And I just think it's a, a, a good point of inspiration, motivation and, and empowerment for anybody right now that maybe feels like they're stuck. So check it out. Let me know what you think. If you found it helpful, definitely let me know. I, I, I love that. It fuels me to keep this podcast going. And I, I hope you guys enjoy. And once again, thank you for allowing me to reach episode 100 with so much success. Cheers to another 100 episodes to come. Shameless promotion. That's what it is. Just no shame. Just think of yourself just naked in front of the world and just accept it. And just do, just do enough crunches to make it look good. What do you think? I am. I'm broadcasting live right now on um, Periscope, something I've been using for the last couple of months just with my business to um, try to get short little messages out, connect with people. So it's, it's pretty cool. If I mess up, though, no editing. So Ooh, that's the cool part. That's cool. Yes. And people can tap on it and give you little hearts, which is pretty sweet. I probably should put my, uh, my volume on silent. There we go. All right. So, yeah, a lot of little hearts. It makes you feel good. So, um, didn't really have any time to write anything. I know Brooke wrote something last week or two weeks ago. Um, I was planning on it, but then little guy over here gets in the way of a lot of that stuff. Um, but just wanted to give you a short, I guess, my story um, and how I got to where I am now. Now, I remember our first week meeting, Bob talked to us a lot about building your perfect lifestyle and, and if you can have the dream life, what would it be and where could you go and all that fun stuff. And I would say that um, right now I am living my perfect life. Awesome. There's, I, have, I have no complaints. I'm doing exactly what I want to do. And hopefully my story will kind of share with you guys the steps I took. Now, I titled it, I Got Lucky on Purpose. Um, I'm not sure if I made that up or if I heard it somewhere, but it sounds good. Because um, I don't really believe in luck. I believe that, you know, when, when good stuff happens to people, it's not just out of the sky. You put yourself and you work and the work that you put in and you put yourself in a position for good stuff to happen to you and then you take advantage of it. No different from an athlete like you guys where you train really, really, really hard and then you have a good race. So it's like you didn't get lucky and have a good race. You really worked for it or had a good, um, good throws or whatnot. Um, and as I thought back, there were a few different turning points in my life where I realized some of the steps that I made. Now, before we get into that, I got lucky on purpose. 
So <laughs> one of the, uh, we talked about it earlier about just people in general that aren't willing to take that next step. And you, there's usually about an 80-20 split between that, meaning 80% of people stay in their comfort zone. You're, you're killing my kid, are you? <laughs> 80 percent of people, I would say, stay in their comfort zone. Twenty percent of people are risk takers. So twenty percent of people are willing to do something out of the norm and really make a difference in their life. And it's really kind of difference between, you know, if life is imagine your car, are you the one sitting in the driver's seat controlling your direction, or are you in the passenger seat just kind of going, you know, wherever Deja wants to take you? And I've always been the type of person that wanted to be in the driver's seat. I never liked listening to other people and, and having them dictate what I'm going to do in life. Um, you know, I kind of started in high school. Uh, my high school was not the best. If you picture the high schools you see on these movies, these urban high schools, that was it. People fighting every day. We'd throw stuff at teachers. We wouldn't pay attention. You know, it wasn't the best high school in the world. And I struggled a lot my first two years and had a conversation with my dad and he talked about college and if you want to go to college you got to get good grades and whatnot and i remember my after my sophomore year of high school i kind of mm -hmm. made a decision of what friends i wanted to hang out with and i cut a lot of my friends out i said hey i want to associate myself with this group and it was about five individuals that were really focused more so focused on school and doing the right thing aside from the other ones that were out there in the streets late at night basically wasting their life and I saw immediate change after that. My grades got better. Um, I really didn't do anything different, but just associating with that right type of person kind of motivated me. Come on, man. Association with that right type of person kind of motivated me um, just to do better in life. And one of the biggest stories I have was when I went to college, we were having some financial issues at house, and I was looking for scholarships. And I remember calling up Millersville University, and the guy was like, hey, we have this thing called the Board of Governors Scholarship, where it's a full tuition scholarship. And I was like, okay, well, that sounds good. Can I have one? He's like, well, we just don't give them away. you got to earn it, and we only have about five left. So I was like, well, how do I know if I'm one of the five? Oh, we'll contact you when we know. And I literally called this guy every day after school for about two months straight. It was the most annoying thing in the world, every day. Hey, Akil Stokes, I want to see if, if uh, that Board of Governors was here yet. Okay, no. Hey, Akil Stokes, I want to see if that Board of Governors was here yet. Okay. Two months straight until mm -hmm. finally I got one. Um, and at the time, again, it didn't seem like much, but as I look back on it now, persistence. You know, I wanted something really, really bad, and I didn't just sit back and hope and pray that would happen. I did something about it. Um, I probably annoyed him to death where he just gave it to me because he was tired of me calling, but it got the job done, right? Hey, little guy. <laughs> So, um, again, we'll make this, make this short so we don't run out of too much time, but college went on. I wasn't really a big fan of college. I was more like Bob, where I was here more to compete and do everything else in school. I mean, I liked school, but I didn't know what my, I was a PR major. I didn't really know what that was. They weren't really teaching me anything in, um, in classes. I didn't really know what I was going to do when I graduated. And, you know, you do, you push it off for four years. Okay, I'll learn next year. I'll, I'll get a concentration next year. And before you know it, you're graduating, it's here, and there's nothing there for you. And to make things worse for me, to make things worse for me, I graduated at the same time as our economic recession. So there were just zero jobs out there. Um, so we, I was kind of out of luck. And 
Andy was my coach my senior year running, and he came to me. He wanted me to run again. Not a year left of eligibility. He came to me, and he asked me to coach. And I was like, eh, probably not. No. He came to me again saying, we can pay you this much. And I was like, uh, probably not. He came to me again saying, hey, they can, they can pay you this much, and it's like a guaranteed two-year thing, maybe three out of it. And being the broke person that was about to graduate, go to graduate school with no plan on life, I said, yeah, why not? We'll get some money. We'll coach some track. Um, and then we'll figure out what you're going to do with life after that. And during that first year is when I really fell in love with coaching. Like, I, I had no aspirations of being a coach at all, but actually coaching you know, I found something that I really had a passion for, and I loved it, and I said, hey, this is something I want to do for the rest of my life. Unfortunately, you know, coaching, I, I also had always had plans of being a millionaire, and you're not going to become a millionaire coaching, right? <laughs> you're probably not going to become a millionaire coaching. So I had to ask myself, okay, well, I don't want to do a job that I don't like doing for the rest of my life. I want to do something that I enjoy, because my dad always told me about that. He does a job that I don't think he really likes, but he does it because it brings in money, but I don't think he's very happy with it. So I always wanted to do something that made me happy. <laughs> he's, he's pretty happy right now, right? <laughs> I wanted to do something to make me happy. Um, coaching made me happy, and so the question for me was, well, what can I do in my life that's going to set me up so I can do something that makes me happy all the time, and I, and I thought about it. And I knew that my coaching contract, I had two years on it. Um, I had a third year that was maybe on it. And I was doing the investment thing on the side, uh, real estate and learning about stocks in the financial markets. And what I decided to do was I said, hey, you know what? I'm gonna take these two years that I have of coaching, I'm gonna work my behind off, save a lot of money, and then start my own business either in real estate or in the financial um, industry. So I worked a lot, um, and none of you guys were here, but my first couple years coaching, I, I remember how Coach Whip was last year? I'd be in here bloodshot, red eyes. I'd be falling asleep during lifting. It was just really bad. My schedule was I would wake up um, from 7.30 to about 3 o'clock. I would work in the school district with, uh, I was a therapeutic staff support. So I worked with kids that had Asperger's, autism, and, and different mental and behavioral health problems. So I did that from 7.30 to 3.30. 3.30 to 6, I coached track. 6 to 9, I had grad school. And then from 10 o'clock to like 12 o'clock, I was a janitor. So I had, the, <laughs> I had the, the duty of cleaning banks and cleaning preschools and finding all the fun things that little kids leave there. And it was horrible. It was horrible. I was completely dead. but. I was making pretty good money. I was making about 35000 a year, which for someone coming out of college was, you know, it was more money than I can, than I can, I can deal with. Um, plus, I had took the student loan from my graduate courses, and I had used that to buy my first rental property. So I was basically living for free with about four roommates um, while getting rental income from the people that lived above. And I did this for about two years all so that I can position myself to one day make the jump and do what I want to do. Because again, I wanted to coach. I knew I wasn't going to make a lot of money off coaching. So what other business can I start that would allow me to coach? And after two years, after, after, <laughs> after, after two years, um, 
I decided that I was doing the trading thing on the side and I wasn't giving it my full concentration. And I just decided to quit the other two jobs I had. You know, it was, it was the third year. Andy had already told me that, hey, um, we can't bring you back after this. Um, so that was going to be gone. Track was going to be gone. Um, I quit doing working in the school district and I quit cleaning toilets at night. And I was 100% unemployed. It was awesome. I had so much free time. It was cool. <laughs> so, but I could, could do whatever. You, like before you, before you realize how broke you are, you can do whatever you want. Those first couple of weeks are great. Wake up whenever you want. You can go to sleep, and then it starts to hit you like, man, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what I did during that time is I, I took that time to really invest in myself. Um, I invested in some education for the trading thing I was doing. I was continuing to do my real estate investment, and I was looking to build my own business. And I know Andy can probably remember this. At, at one point, I was hustling really, really hard. At one point, I was going around everywhere you can think of. I was around our athletic offices, handing out flyers and sheets saying, hey, let me invest your money. I can make this much for you. I was going, I took a trip out to Vegas to try and get a potential client. I took trips everywhere just trying to get one person to bite at what I was selling. And most of the time, I heard no. I would say out of about the 50 people I talked to, 49 said no. Um, but all it takes is that one person. And I did have one trip to New York where I went up there and I tried to get some money from a client, asked him to invest with me, and it ended up going my way. <laughs> this was in New York. Um, it was awesome. Yeah, I, took the, I took the train up there. And the guy picked me up in this limo, or he had his people pick me up in this limo. They shuttled me to um, his condo, which was apparently right across from like where Beyonce and Mariah Carey lived. Because he was, he was, this guy was loaded. He's like, yeah, you, you see him jog sometime on the outdoor track. I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. Um, and I was so nervous because, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, how am I, right, I going to ask this guy to give me $100,000? This is, <laughs> when do I like go in for the kill? And, you know, so I'm sitting there, I'm talking to him, I'm going through my whole spiel that I did before, you know, I heard 49 no's in a row, my confidence isn't really high. Um, at the end of the conversation, I'm like, all right, you know, blah, 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 do the close, you know, ask him for $100,000, and he's like, no. I'm like, okay, well, another wasted trip. And he's like, I'll give you $250,000. And this guy wrote a check for $250,000 for me right there. Um, had it in my pocket. I've never been more paranoid in my life going home on the subway. Imagine New York City, oh big subway. You got a quarter mil in your pocket, and everyone's just bumping, next, bumping into you, bumping next to you. And I'm like, OK, who's going to kill me? Someone's going to stab me right now. Um, but it was all those no's, 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 no's. I kept after it. I kept after it. And all it took was that one yes to kind of launch that side of my business. Um, now, unfortunately, <laughs> The business didn't go too well. So it, it worked well for a few months, and the client and I just had different views on what we wanted, and we ended up cutting off ties. And I was kind of back right where I started. And it was one of the most depressing things in the world. It was like you work so hard to get that one yes, and you finally get it, and then it doesn't work out, and you're right back where you started. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm mailing off resumes again and, you know, calling my janitor buddy up to see if he needs help, see if I can launch my own. You know, I'm serious. I called him up and said, hey, like, if I run the show, we can clean twice as many buildings. I'm thinking this is going to be my life, you know, cleaning toilets all night and coaching track. Because I really wanted to coach track. 
and I was unpaid for that year. I didn't care if I was paid or not. I wanted to coach. And we paid you for as to be our meet director. Yeah, something. yeah, something stupid. Because I'm a very stubborn person. Like I don't like doing stuff I don't want to do. So if I want to do something, I'm going to do it, and I'll find a way to do it. Sometimes it's not the smartest decision, but I'll find a way to do it. Um, but anyway, it, it, it didn't work out with the client at the time, and it got real depressed and was back to mailing off resumes and letters and thinking about cleaning toilets again. And, you know, all the thoughts you go through where you quit. Imagine yourself, you know, at the end of a race or after two bad throws or jumps, you're just like, all right, this is, you know, this is BS. Why am I here? Let's just get it out the way and we'll go to practice next week or something like that. And I decided to give it one more try. Um, one more try. I actually started a blog telling people how bad I was at what I was doing. Um, just as my way to vent. Again, I'm not a diary person or journaler, so it's, that was a more, a blog was a more manly way to do what I wanted, or to get my point across. And people started latching on to that. People started responding to my blog, and they're like, oh man, dude, you suck, but I suck too, and this is awesome, we can suck together. And I'm like, okay, man, like, you know, I'm, I'm not really good, am I? And more, and more people, more people kept latching on. More people kept latching on to, uh, to my blog, and I started growing a following that way. And of course, you know, as I worked harder, I got better at my craft. And the people that were at first following me just because they were, they wanted comfort, that comfort zone of being bad, now they were looking for advice. And, you know, I was giving these guys advice on how to get better. Again, you can only make so many mistakes, and I made all of them. So there's nothing to do but get better. And eventually that turned into um, me getting into trading education, where I now coach people on how to trade, as well as coach you guys on how to, tra uh, how to run track. So I know you guys were distracted by the kid, but the point of my story is that if you want something, if you want change to happen, change just doesn't happen by itself. You've got to work for it. You've got to do something about it. You can't just sit here and expect everything you want in your life to come to you. You've got to take risks. You've got to go for it. You've got to deal with rejection. You've got to be bad sometimes. Um, but eventually, if you keep working hard enough, it will pay off, and you'll have that dream life that you wanted. So for... <laughs> we'll end this. Uh, for, <laughs> for all the people, I get a lot of people now that look at me and say, I got very, very lucky to be where I'm at. The, the must, you, you guys have heard the must be nice people. Oh, that must be nice. And I always tell them that it's not lucky, but I just worked really, really hard and put myself in the right position to succeed. There you go. Now you got the floor, little guy. Gosh. <laughs> this is what happens when you bring a baby to a speech. <laughs> you happy now, man? I think going to fail. That is just a perfect. I mean, if I made that example up, you'd say, oh, okay, yeah, you took you did everything the right way. That was the perfect example. I mean, that was the perfect example. I mean, the, the takeaways I've got on this are determine your own path. And the analogy that I always use is, you know, the rowboat or the boat in the water, and if the current's taking you somewhere and you don't like it and you're not doing, you're not putting an oar in the water, you're not putting a motor in the water, then you're unwilling it's not you're unable, you're unwilling to determine your own path. If you want to do something in life, you make it happen just like Akil did. Hanging out with the right people. This was <laughs> tough for 
need to do as well because there were people that just stopped.